and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Denalysis Fantasy Football Podcast. The international break is almost over, thankfully, and we're back to give you a little September preview and also look ahead to game week five. And I hear that Natalie, my co-guest host, Tommy, has wildcarded. Is it true? It is. It is, is it, not a lie. What a, what a wild rumour that I heard through the, through the grapevine. Did you uh, just yeah. read my tweet? about it i may well have done and then i messaged you I saying could have, uh, yeah I'm and then i was like yeah that's right that's right uh, i'm your host dan as always you can follow us on twitter at the denalysis and you can ask us any questions or email us about whatever at hello at the uh so shall we get stuck in to the september preview please right so we've picked out a bunch of teams with We'll start start with teams who have good form and good fixtures, Yay. as we've put it. And uh, first on the list is Chelsea, mm. who do have good fixtures and do have good form. So that's a, a lovely pick out, Natalie. Do you want to take it away? Um, yeah, sure. So I think the top, the two, there are two top men on everyone's lists: Hazard and Alonso. The two, the troublesome twosome. Hazard and Alonso. I believe that's what they like to be called, yeah. Hazard is 10.7, which I think is okay. He's had a return in every game week so far, which is quite impressive considering he didn't start the first three. Yeah, and and two of them were against... Was it? Oh, the first one was Huddersfield, but the second one was Arsenal. And he came off the bench and got the decisive assist. Mm. So it's, yeah, impressive. And top scorer last week for, for Chelsea with 11 points. Uh, which I was so I wildcarded last week and got him in on a little bit of a whim. Yeah, and w- it was agonising to watch. Uh, I had it on Sky Sports News, so they were just doing like the soccer Saturday thing. Yeah, and it was agonising because uh, I had him captain as well, and I was like, "Oh, please don't do this, Hazard. Please don't fail to score." Um, and yeah, he did. He got the goal quite late on and that put him to the top of the bonus and gave him a, a sweet little 11 points, which yeah. was lovely. I was very um, worried for you Yeah, in that, it was, in that time. It was tough because I'd, I'd gone for a bit of a Hail Mary. I didn't have Aguero and I was like, I could Captain Aubameyang, but nah, I want to go for... I want to go for the cynical pick, the, the one who's playing a, a good team because what was it? They're playing Bournemouth and he has a really good record. Uh, so he scored a really good goal. Also scored a really good goal for Belgium. Uh, the other day, I can't remember when. Um, I've paid absolutely no attention to the internationals whatsoever. Yeah, seen boring as hell. Okay, good. <laughs> I, I've seen some goals and I watched like the England game. Yeah, so Hazard seems to be in the form of his life at the moment. I just think he's looked brilliant in every which way. Uh, Alonso at 6.8 now which is it's getting up there for, I think it's, for a defender. It's way too much. But um, given the prices of the other Chelsea defenders, he's the only one I'd get. Yeah. Because it's worth it. In, like, comparatively, it's worth it. But, because he's a double threat. Exactly. But it's so much money. I think people who have him are crazy. Yeah, so so it's an interesting one. I think like the current meta is to have him, Mendy, and Robertson. Robertson. And I have Mendy and Robertson, but no Alonso. Uh, I've got Van Arnholt instead. Yeah. He's like 5.5. Hasn't been fantastic thus far. He had a good first week, but, you know, Palace have kind of let me down the past few weeks. But that just seems such a, a risky strategy to me longer term. Like, it's obviously worked brilliantly for the first three weeks. He's had, what, an average of 11 points. I think he got 13, 9, and then 11. Mm. Um, and what, what did he get? We've had four the weeks, game. so that I don't was, really know what you're talking that about. That was nine. Okay. No, so he's got an average of 11 over the, the four weeks anyway. Um, but, yeah, I kind of worry that if you're putting... So- like, I really like the idea of having two of those three. Yeah. But spending that much on your defence, a lot of the teams I'm looking at like, are often wildcard teams. And they have Robertson, Mendy and Alonso, and then two 4.0 defenders. Obviously, 
it's Juan Bissaka and Bennett in most cases because they're actually playing. Yeah. But it kind of feels like a little bit of a sketchy tactic that's going to turn and bite you in the end. I've never been a fan of like uh, of defenders or goalkeepers from like top six teams. Like it doesn't, it's just not for me. It's not what I do. Um, so the thought of having three of them is just absolutely mind blowing to it's my crazy, isn't it? tiny little brain. I, yeah, I kind of really like, I really like Mendy and Robertson. And for some reason, I, I have a little bit of an aversion to Alonso. And I think it's just because as soon as the fixtures start getting tougher, I think they're going to, they're going to concede some goals. Whereas I'm a little bit more convinced by, by, uh, City and Liverpool's defence. But yeah, the the main thing for me is just that that pricing. Like, I feel like there's gonna come a time where it's gonna be a problem, yeah. And you're gonna have to sacrifice sacrifice one. Mm. Um, so I'd just be a little bit worried about that at the moment. But he is obviously flying at the moment. Yeah. Uh, um, Pedro also at six point eight, the same price. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Um, like, I don't know if I'd want the risk of him in my team if he's. Mm not guaranteed to start every week but also it doesn't really seem to matter to him he can just come on do his bit and leave yeah I mean I only see one scenario in which you get Pedro and that is if you have Alonso for example and you want a Chelsea attacker but you can't afford Hazard Mm. um but yeah those those three are really the only ones we should be looking at with with Chelsea right like yeah I don't think there's anywhere else like you could get I think I noticed David Luiz is 5.5. So And he's starting. Yeah, yeah. So if you fancy Chelsea to get clean sheets, but you don't quite have the budget to stretch to an Alonso, then he could be a, a decent shout. I mean, same price as Arsenal defenders, for example. And Chelsea look that little bit more solid defensively, a little bit more like they, they know what they're doing. But to me it seems you're going you're going Alonso or you're going elsewhere i just don't think i don't think that's a that'd be a great pick uh comparatively no uh but yeah that's kind of my my feels on the chelsea boys they do look really good at the moment and they they face cardiff at home next so that has to be a a chelsea captain shout there all right moving on to man city yes (laughs) and we've basically got one player here the only one that matters and that is Benjamin Mendy, who came off the bench for France yesterday and uh, assisted a goal within 10 minutes. I mean, what what more convincing do you need? He's at 6.4 now, gone up from 6.0, which was a ridiculous bargain looking back on it. And for me, knowing that they're one of the best two teams in the league, I don't think you can go without Mendy, really. If you don't have him right now and you're thinking about getting him, is it... Like, it's still worth doing, you think? Oh, yeah, he's 0.4 cheaper than Alonso. Yeah. And providing he doesn't get injured, I would happily put, I don't know, um, this chair on the line uh-huh. that you he will score higher. Chair. Well, that's why it's easy to put it on the line <laughs> because it's my parents' chair and I don't care what happens to it. But no, um, I, I would definitely bet something of value to myself that Mendy will will come up ahead of Alonso at the end of the season just because I think they'll get more they'll get more clean sheets and he's just his consistency with his delivery is so ridiculous Mm. like I I don't even understand how you can be that consistently good at crossing plus he gets bonus points when he doesn't even score or assist so yeah I liked it that time it was great wasn't it Mm. and that was a they conceded in that game too I mean he is and actually this is something I wanted to touch on the last podcast something I hadn't uh, realised until recently but the great thing about Mendy and Robertson and not so much Alonso is because of the way they play because they put so many crosses in crosses count like they often end as as a, a key pass or a chance created right I think I think the BPS rewards like um, it rewards chances created and it rewards completed crosses I think um, and by doing that that essentially means because they cross so much, every time they do have a successful one, it, it builds up some bonus points for them. Right. And 
just by virtue of doing that loads and the fact that a cross doesn't count as a normal pass. Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect their pass completion at all. Oh, right, okay. So, so they could still have 95% completion mm. even if they tried like 10 to 20 crosses and but missed no all of them. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, so that's kind of an interesting quirk of the way they play, whereas Alonso is a lot more of a, a sort of... He tries to get central, he tries to, he tries to score and tries to pass more than he does try to cross. So that's just an interesting little quirk that sort of favours him. Um, Elsewhere for City, we have Aguero, who you've got him down as a tantalising option, I see. No, I have the opposite. Oh, Oh, I don't. That's not what I've written. What I meant to write is that he isn't. He is not a tantalising option. He's not. Care to explain your, your reasoning behind this? Yeah, I don't know. Like the midfield is so chaotic, um, and I just don't want to get involved in it. And by the um, the only other solution to not getting involved in Man City's midfield is to get involved in Aguero, hmm. and it just seems like less stress overall. Even though I don't think really I particularly want him. Yeah. So he's. He's sitting at eleven point three now, so he's gone up a fair bit. If you mm-hmm. have, if you're like me and you have someone like Aubameyang, who's now dropped to ten point nine, you actually need to make up some cash to get him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of have, I don't know if it's just sort of internal bias for me, but I just don't really like Aguero as an option, despite knowing what he can do. Yeah, I just need. And I explained this last time that I just want a city attacker and Hmm. it's just the easiest option Hmm. for someone who is going to play regularly and just go out there and do whatever. Yeah, it does seem like, I think much like Alonso, much like having the three three of Alonso, Robertson and Mendy, I do definitely think that he's a, a, certainly lots of people listening to this podcast will already have him. Hmm. So he's definitely for, for the near future. Seems like a safe bet. Um, but there's always that sort of rotation threat. We haven't seen it so far, and it does appear that he's actually their their main man for now. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. We'll see if he gets injured or see if he just gets a, a shock rotation at some point for whatever reason. Yeah. I guess the, the thing, sort of the way I've been looking at it, is having Aubameyang up top and then having David Silver in midfield. Um my sort of justification for going for David Silver is I think currently at 8.4, 8.5, sorry. Um, my justification for that is that without Kevin De Bruyne in the team, it basically makes him a, a nailed on starter because they need that sort of midfield creator. And I think De Bruyne could kind of fulfill that role that, that Silver does, which made him a little bit more disposable, but with him out injured, they kind of need that creative spark to to move the ball forward. So I kind of feel like at 8.5, like that's a really, really good price for a City attacker. And you're not going to get one who plays as far forward as him for that price. Yeah. Unless you're looking at Bernardo Silva, who he was nailed for the first day of the season and that <laughs> seemed to be it. Yeah. Um, And obviously he scored in that game as well. But he's, I just don't think he's anywhere near as good as as the bald silver. So we're kind of at this this crossroads of City where it's like, you either go for the 11 million or you go for like a cheap guy yeah. or you go for a David Silver in between. And yeah. I think just for the moment, for the time being, he seems like the most solid option, just knowing how, how vital he is in their attack and how many chances he creates. Um, elsewhere, you have Sterling, 11 million, who I think is amazing value for his price but also not so amazing value when you have Hazard and Salah to fit in your team yeah and it's just so hard to justify like I remember a lot of people before the season started kind of smirking at Sterling's price but he's been consistent he started Mm. the season really well it's just very 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 hard to fit to fit that many um 11 million sort of players in yeah I guess the one thing you could do the one sort of edgy thing you could do is you could go for like a nine point. So rather than having an Aguero or an Aubameyang or a Kane or Lukaku, you could actually go for a, a Lacazette or a Firmino. And that could free up some money for you to have 
someone like Sterling because if you think about it, 11 million for Sterling, I guess the question again is always going to be rotation, mm. but he gets more points for goals than, than Aguero. So there's maybe something to that. Yeah, I'd kind of even be tempted to go for three like legitimately cheap strikers. How cheap are we talking? Like, like six point, yeah, six point like fives. Murray, Ings, Mitrovic. Yeah. And then spend all of the money in midfield. Yeah. I don't think that's actually a terrible option. I think everyone, including myself, would be too scared to do it because yeah. you never know what's going to happen. Like if Kane goes on a mad one, and you can't easily switch anything around. Like if you do that, you've committed until you wildcard. Yeah. But. It's definitely an option. And I don't think it's fair, like a ridiculous option. to like, It's not a ridiculous strategy. Yeah, no, you're, you're totally right. Because to be fair, it's no different to what people are doing with the three premium defender scenario mm. and having two like super cheap defenders. I mean, obviously, if Palace and, and Wolves start playing really well and Bennett keeps his place and, and Wan-Bissaka keeps her place, then I guess it's kind of a non-issue. But... You have this scenario where you're betting so much on three three players in defence that if the meta changes, if all of a sudden it becomes you need like three 11 million midfielders or yeah. you need, you still have to make like probably two transfers to be able to free up that sort of money. Mm. The one thing we could look at, look at, I guess, is Sterling barely missed a, a minute last season. Yeah. Like it started out with him being sort of the most allegedly under threat but then he played basically every game for like a four-month period yeah. and only missed a few select games here and there. So if you're happy to go for Aguero at 11 million, I see no reason why Sterling isn't a great differential. At, at actually a cheaper price now if you don't already have Aguero. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Spurs, who are another kind of tricky one to, to assess. Um, so they face Liverpool next at home, which looks to be a feisty little game. And I, I guess there's kind of quite a lot riding on this in terms of, like, I've seen a lot of people sort of going for Mora and he returned the favour slightly in the last game week with an assist. Yeah. But they were kind of outplayed by Watford, really. And I don't know, they, they don't really look that good just yet. Spurs? Yeah. Even with the 3-0 win against Man United? Well, so the the funny thing about that win was, like, on paper, yeah, it looks brilliant. It looks like they've absolutely destroyed them. But mm. Man United in the first half missed a good two or three chances to yeah. go ahead. And if it wasn't for Lukaku, like, putting putting shots wide, when he there was one where he rounded the keeper and he missed yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for those missed chances, that could have been very different. And essentially what happened was Spurs showed up in the second half and, and finished their chances quite clinically. Mm. Um, but... I'm yet to be convinced by them. Think back to the first day of the season when they played Newcastle. Yeah. And what was it? A 2-1 two, two, win. But they were they were under the under the cosh for quite a bit by Newcastle. Newcastle were unlucky to not come away with a draw. And they had a similar outing against Fulham where Fulham were very much dominating them for large periods of the game. But then they managed to, to finish the chances. So I'm kind of unsure about them at the moment. They're, again, another one of those teams that seem to be dropping a goal a game. And they have another 6.0 million defender in Trippier, mm. who is good good for some things, good for attacking returns, it seems. Yeah. But is he as good as, as Mendy? Is he as good at, uh, as Robertson? Is he even as good as Alonso? I'm just, like, I don't have any Spurs players, but I'm just slowly getting quite nervous about not having any. It seems like they're the only team every week where I'm like, oh dear, this is where everyone is going to get their points. Yeah, but I also don't really think that's true. Like, I think the people who have Spurs players are very much in the differential side of things. Because if we look through like our, our leagues that we're in, the only people I see that have Spurs players have drastically different looking teams. Like, I see, I see a few with Kane, but no Salah, for example. Mm. Okay, like yeah. I. I haven't seen any that have both of those two. Um, and I think that's the problem with their prices being so similar. It's very, very hard to get both of them without severely crippling the rest of your team. Even more so if you're going for the, the power three in defence. of. So 
the only options I look at for Spurs, and I think they're quite compelling, would be the likes of Lucas Moura at 7.3. And that's it, really, because I'm not convinced by their defence. They they seem like they can be got at, and they seem like they can... They are ready to concede some goals, essentially. Yeah. Um, when is Son coming back? Uh, that's a good question. I would assume that he's he'll be back available for the next game, but... Whether he'll be fit for it is a, another question. Hmm. Um, but that's just another sort of problem with the, the Lucas Moura thing, isn't yeah. it? it? We all knew it was going to be short term, potentially. But now that time has come, I kind of can't say either way because he's been in good form. Can't deny that. But at the same time, Pochettino is a manager that absolutely loves to rotate his team and loves to rotate certain positions. The only players that don't seem to be rotated are the likes of Kane, Lloris, uh, Vertonghen, and maybe maybe Alderweireld, but even he's been been rotated before. So it's what quite... about Ali and Eriksen? They never get rotated. So yeah, Ali, Ali and Eriksen were the other two I was failing to think of there. Um, so if those are nailed, it's going to be like one of, one of Son... One <laughs> One of Son, uh, whoever the guy I'm talking about, Lucas Moura, <laughs> yeah. and Lamella. Although I don't really know what Lamella's status is in that squad. He he seems perpetually injured. But game week seven could be a good time to look at them. With Huddersfield and Cardiff back-to-back, even just for a two-week punt, just to kind of maximise those, those two sort of quote-unquote easy fixtures. Yeah. Particularly with Spurs, I'm more compelled by the idea of waiting and seeing because... Kane, I mean, I saw him saw him play for England the other night and he looked exactly the same as he's looked for Spurs this year. He has come away with two goals, but his his stats haven't been very good. He hasn't been having many shots and he just doesn't really look like he's he's properly sharp yet. So I kind of feel like waiting a few weeks, seeing what their lineup is likely to look like, that's just the way to do it. And then if we know that Lucas Moura is on mad good form... Yeah. Um, uh, this is assuming you don't already have him, of course. Like, I, I wouldn't mm. necessarily, I definitely wouldn't say to get rid of him if you do, uh, because I think whoever you trade to at that price, you're running the same risk. Yeah. The team that that actually managed, I, I mean, potential league winners this year, uh, the boys Watford, Harry Grazia's wonderful Watford, they're on fire right now. Yeah. And I, please continue. This this was the derby, wasn't it? Spurs versus Watford. It was the derby of the. Uh, the four wins on the road see who could carry it through and it was yeah somewhat surprising to see Watford come through and absolutely smash it I mean they were they were brilliant I wasn't surprised um I didn't really know where to put Watford in this preview because I don't think the fixtures are like on paper they're not like really nice Hmm. but I think with their form all their next few fixtures so Manchester United at home Fulham away, Arsenal away, Bournemouth at home. I think all of those are winnable for Watford. Yeah. The biggest news, I think, for Watford is that I missed the, the four-minute return of Nathaniel Chaloba. Chaloba? Yeah. Chaloba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, is Chaloba the way you've always said it? Because I feel like that's a new one. Anyway, um, yeah, he, <laughs> he did return. And he also played in the Carabao Cup. And I very specifically loaded up some highlights of the Carabao Cup while I was on holiday so that I could watch his cameo. And unfortunately, the highlights of their match in the Carabao Cup barely featured him. He did play one good pass, um, but you know what they're like with, with those those highlights. There's so many of them, they basically just show the goals in the end. So yeah, it's quite disappointing. But Chalabar, my 4.5 tip of the season, mm. we'll see if he can force his way into that starting 11 in the coming weeks. Um the the thing I'd say about these upcoming fixtures is if you've got to go anywhere, it'd be goalkeeper or attack. I wouldn't go for the defenders uh, purely because these all look like games they will likely concede in. Whereas with Foster, you could at least bank on some uh, some safe saves. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Holobas at four point eight. People are quite hype on obviously because he's gone up from four point five to four point eight. Four assists and a goal so far this season, but also two yellow cards. And yeah. we're, four, we're four weeks in, so he only needs three more before he's 
out for a week. Well, he he will get a ban because he's holobass. It's what he does. Well, quite. And I just think everyone needs to refresh themselves on that piece of information. So it's at your own peril. Um, yeah. That you get holobass in. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I, I think like with the fixtures they've got coming up, it's quite unlikely you're going to see... Uh, you'll maybe see one clean sheet from the next four. I'd... I don't know where I'd put it. Like, maybe I'd give the Bournemouth one. I'd say maybe Bournemouth, but but they seem to be fairly decent in attack this year. Um, yeah, it'd be a hard one to call. I guess where the reason you'd be looking at Holobas is he's so cheap for someone who's offering that assist potential. Yeah. Um, and where most of his assists have actually come from have been set pieces. Yeah. So that that does make him a very attractive option. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like now is not the time. I don't know. I think the attack with, with Pereira and p- particularly Dini, like he looks incredible this year. I've been really surprised by him, how, you know, we spoke about Kane just a minute ago and how he doesn't look properly sharp yet. Yeah. Someone who does look sharp and does look fit is Dini. Well, and... I don't think Dini's ever looked fit. Dini always does look like he's not ready to play sport. He genuinely looks fit this season. Like, I look at him run and I'm like, he's got pace. What? It's so shocking. Like, I haven't I haven't seen him run so fast before. And I don't know if it's just a trick of the eyes or he's like that little bit leaner or something. At 6.1 as well, it seems like a really good price. God, yeah. He could be one of those triumvirate of of 6.0 to 7.0 strikers like yeah for sure he's returning as well as a a 10.0 striker so there's not really too much bad I could say about that and I could definitely see him scoring in any one of these next four games Pereira I also like at 6.3 in midfield um he's one of those options that won't be rotated unless he's injured and is really good but I just think Dini's slightly outclassing him in the sort of the key contribution stakes at the moment like Dini's the one who seems to be getting the goals and and the chances whereas Pereira he's had some brilliant goals but the problem is brilliant goals are a lot harder to score but yeah I I kind of really like Foster at 4.5 and he's got to be one that I'm looking at in the coming weeks if my my double my little rotation of Fabianski and Matt Ryan doesn't bear fruit because I think he's looked really good. And to be honest, it's one of the things that Watford have clearly been missing. A, a decent goalkeeper. Right, on to the next section. Yes. Of good fixtures, but risky form. It's true. First up, my boys, it's the Arsenal. Yeah. And yeah, they do have good fixtures. And yeah, they do have risky form. So <laughs> Thank you. This is, this is kind of the perfect example of what you're talking about here. Thanks. Talk to me about this too many players for the positions situation so let me tell you mm-hmm. basically that yeah the way i see it lacazette should have played himself in to a starting role i i would feel comfortable in taking a punt on him at 9.4 right now the only problem is i already have obamiang and i don't want to do that sideways transfer in fact i'm not doing any transfers this week and it's been it was hard to get through the first three days, but I've made it this far and I'm not about to change change my mind. Um, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Azul, Mkhitaryan. So I think it's going to be one of Azul, Mkhitaryan and Ramsey that miss out on the regular. Okay. I think Lacazette and Aubameyang, they seem to be like the two that should be starting. If you ask me what the lineup will be this weekend, I'd say Lacazette, Aubameyang, and one of Mkhitaryan or Ozil on the right. The problem is, that might not turn out to be the case, and then I'll look dumb. So, the best thing to do right now is to wait and see what they do there, unless you really need that money. You need to free up that money, and you're sort of a risk-taking type. So, I kind of like the idea of if Aubameyang and Lacazette do emerge as a starting sort of top two, yeah, I really like the idea of having both of those players. It would take some some restructuring of my team, but I think they're very, very good strikers and they seem to work together really well. 
And I think if they're scoring well and they're they're consistently doing it, I, I can't see why Emery would want to change that. Um, but it does very much feel like he's still trying to figure out his team. So Mkhitaryan is obviously another popular selection. I'd say if you have him, don't get rid of him just yet. Like, give it another week because he may well start and he may well do really well because, like you say, Arsenal do have good fixtures still. Um, and I, I kind of feel like it's the time of the season where it's quite a bad idea to be making sort of rash transfers just because there was a little bit of rotation one week. Because I think you will you will see that naturally when managers are still trying to figure out their, their best starting 11s. Yeah, Ozil is the one that I wouldn't take a risk on. Um, I'd also say the same for Ramsey. I think for me, it's it's one of the three of Aubameyang, Lacazette, Mkhitaryan. If you're if you're feeling a little risky, feeling a little renegade, um, I'm going to keep Aubameyang. I see no reason not to. I do think Arsenal will start scoring because the one place they do look good is in attack. Um, Hector Bellerin has, I think, finally dropped in price actually down to five point four. But as you say, Arsenal are yet to keep a clean sheet this season, and that would be a worry if going for their defence. So, yeah, it's kind of really hard to, to justify that at anything over five million. Yeah, I, I think Lacazette is definitely one to keep an eye on, and he'd be probably the most compelling option right now. But I fancy I fancy holding on to Aubameyang. I think you should give him a chance, give the man a chance. He's got to score big at some point. And he's probably as nailed on as Aguero, if not maybe a little bit more. Yeah. I won't worry about him being rotated. Uh, Leicester City are one that, yeah, they're very they're very enigmatic, aren't they? It's it's kind of hard to get read on quite how good they are. Uh, they yeah. do have a nice run, though, with Bournemouth, Huddersfield, Newcastle and Everton up next. Who is the, the star man for you in, in Leicester? Uh, Madison. I'm hype on Madison. You've, yeah. got, you've got me buying into the hype. Um, yeah, it's funny because I, I don't actually have him anymore. I think I got rid of him in order to get Mkhitaryan. And right. that hasn't paid off at all for me yet, but I'm I'm happy to hold him. But no, he, he does look really good. He looks like like when they have a lot of the ball, he looks like he's got to be the player to make a difference. Yeah. Um, I really liked Gazal as well uh, last game week at 5.3. Um, if he can nail down a starting position, then I think it would be ridiculous not to have him. And I'd probably switch from Madison to Gazal if he was starting. Yeah, uh, he's actually one of the, the few players I have been eyeing for a, a sort of potential transfer this week, if I was going to make one. Yeah. Because 5.3 is an exceptional prize and he really is like I know a lot of people have been making this sort of labored comparison of him to Mares because he's Algerian and he kind of runs the same and he kind of plays the same <laughs> but that's that's the thing he kind of is Mares like he scored an absolute banger of a goal in the Carabao Cup um I can't remember who they were playing it was like a lower league team so they you know they're obviously going to win but he looked really, really good in that. And then obviously got his first Premier League start Yeah. and, and scored a goal. It was a strange one. I, I mean, Madison got the assist oh. for it as well, which was basically just for touching the ball. And then yeah. uh, Gazal kind of struggled to get it in. But I think in, in games against easier teams to play against, he could end up being a really, really good option. And I guess now is the time to, if he's 5.3 now, and you want a cheap attacking midfielder, I kind of, I feel like that's worth a gamble. Yeah. And I am a gambler, so so that's kind of why I'm looking at that. But, you know, we're at the point where, and this is exactly what I did with Hazard last week, I was like, I really fancy him, but I want to get in ahead. And I got him at 10.5, now he's 10.7 and he scored 11 points. So that was a good, a good gamble. Gazal at 5.3. If you've got like Kante, for example, and you've got some money spare, I kind of feel like that's a really, really good upgrade. Or even Neves, because Neves isn't a, an attacking player either. And to get someone like Gazal, who could end up being like 6.0, 7.0 later in the season, yeah. if he starts to get attacking returns, that'd be an amazing option to have. Mm. And right at the start of a, a nice run of fixtures. So yeah, he's an, certainly a compelling choice. Sure. Uh, and the last one I've put on here is Pereira, who's... I actually think he's 5.1 now. I've got 5.0 down here. But he 
is basically uh, the the problem I have with recommending him is I still don't know how to feel about Leicester's defense because Leicester always seem to have a trouble with keeping clean sheets, but he does he does play a very attacking game and he does seem very capable of creating chances. So he's basically like a a very budget version of Andy Robertson or Benjamin right. Mendy because he's kind of all action. Like he makes a lot of tackles, he makes a lot of interceptions. And he runs a lot with the ball and he's a good crosser. So I kind of, I've got him in my team and I feel like he's a hard one to recommend right now. 5.0 in your defence is a very awkward price. Um, Unless it's someone who's like consistently getting returns. It's kind of on that, that sort of halfway house between being premium and cheap, but not really showing the returns of either at the moment. It's just like, I don't know what he is, uh, but I think he could come come good in this run of fixtures, and he's definitely the kind of fullback who could find himself getting goals and assists. Yeah. All right, moving on again to Man United. Yeah, so I've put them here because the fixtures on paper look really good. Watford away, Wolves at home, West Ham away, Newcastle at home. But obviously we've got a problem with Manchester United in that um, none of them are really uh, looking like nice options to have in your fantasy team and even more so if Luke Shaw is currently out of action. Yeah. Yeah, I I was looking at the Luke Shaw thing earlier. It seems like it's probably he's got a a mild concussion or something. So he could actually be back for the weekend. Mm -hmm. If he's not, I think it'd be fairly likely that he's back for the following game week yeah so I don't think he's going to be he's not going to be out for an extended spell you could definitely keep him mm-hmm. elsewhere in the United team it's a they're a very hard one to recommend because they're not an attacking side under Jose Mourinho they will score goals but they won't score the number of goals that the likes of Arsenal Man City Liverpool will or even Chelsea um I even think you could see other lesser teams scoring more goals than them this season just because, you know, Fulham, for example, they play a very attacking style. So I kind of feel like when you've got attacking sides like Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea with 11 million attacking options, I can't see why you'd go for an 11 million Lukaku, for example. Yeah. And he I, he has done his thing. He's kind of... um. He's kind of reaffirmed his status as a flat-track bully by scoring two goals against Burnley, who are having a hard time of it at the moment. But, yeah, it, I'm not really compelled to go for him right now, even though I think he's a good player. But just my read from the game so far is they're not really well-priced for what they offer. Yeah. And they're not even keeping clean sheets at the moment, so... Yeah, it's a very, very I hard mean, sell I mean, they did me. against Burnley, to be fair to them. Yeah, they, okay. They're not <laughs> regularly keeping clean sheets. Okay. Uh, speaking of Burnley, yeah. they are also on this list. Yeah, so I, I'll i do my bit. I'll do my, uh, my campaign for Burnley, Burnley FC. I really like the look of the fixtures coming up, and I don't think they're going to get a much nicer run than this. So Wolves away, Bournemouth at home, Cardiff away, Huddersfield at home. We are about to see the post-Europa resurgence, especially since Joe Hart's penalty save. Oh, yeah. That was big, wasn't it? Against Pogba as well. Yeah, I didn't see it with my eyes, obviously, because as discussed, I didn't watch any of the games from the last game week. So, yeah, I'm pretty hyped for Burnley. I think they'll. I feel like they'll be motivated to do well in the league from now as well, without the stress and pressure of Europa on a Thursday and then playing on the Sunday. Like, I already have me. I ha- I'm sticking with him. I don't know if I would recommend jumping on Burnley players straight away if you don't have any. Especially with defenders, I'd say choose them at your own risk. So Tarkovsky's currently, like, the has the most points out of the defenders because he keeps doing goals Keeps scoring, yeah, which is not. good. But has a tendency to pick up a lot of yellow cards. 
Um, so I was just to be cautious because that's the only reason like I wouldn't pick him because I know that he's going to get a yellow card every other game. Goodmanson's supposed to be due back. I haven't checked any actual legitimate sources, but he's supposed to be back from his little injury spell uh, this weekend. And if he is, then that would be great for the team because obviously he's actually good, unlike the Jokers like Hendrick and others who play just around in that midfield. <laughs> um, so that had to be positive. I'd see if he's back. I would maybe recommend getting him in your team. Up front, I don't know what goes on there. I'd hope that it would be Wood and Barnes starting together. So, look, keep an eye out. Keep them on your radar. Stay alert. But don't go crazy. Kind of hard to know which Burnley is going to show up after what they've done so far. So it's kind of... Um, when when the defenders are all sort of at 5.0 price, it can be kind of hard to think oh, right, you should, like, jump to transfer him in. So, yeah, I think it's very much a wait and see with these guys. But I do expect to see an upturn in their form, and I do expect them to see some points on the board. Cool. And last but not least, it's your boys without the star man. It's Crystal Palace. Uh, Just proving what they've always proven, in that they never win a game when they don't have Zaha, which is ridiculous. It's like the Harry Kane in August thing. It doesn't make sense, because... They they shouldn't be that much worse without him. Um, and Benteke is injured as well at the moment. Is that true? Yeah, which is, is kind of a blessing in... I was going to say blessing in disguise, but there's nothing disguised about it. Yeah, uh, so I think it was with the Belgian national team he picked it up as well. So it's like Martinez doing a solid for the Palace boys. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, Sarloff needs a chance, doesn't he? Because he's, yes. he's barely played since he started. He scored in the Carabao Cup. Like, what more does this guy need to do to get a, a starting spot? And he's finally going to get his chance by the looks of things. That is, if um, if Jordan Ayew doesn't come in for him. But I would assume it's going to be Sarloff because he fulfills the big man role, which is what yeah. Benteke was playing. Yeah, Palace are, are a tricky one because they should be... They should be good defensively and they should just be a good mid-table team. But it seems that when they lose a few of their key men, they mm. perform a lot worse. Like Tomkins. Yeah. Out, and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, but also to be fair, like actually watching the the more extended highlights, like it's not like Palace have been the worst team in these games. It's that they just they haven't scored the goals and the other team have, which yeah. is always going to be the key stat. But they they have created chances and they have actually just been a little bit unlucky to lose the games. But I do think when Tompkins is there, he's much more of a pre- presence defensively than the likes of Kelly, who's come in for him. So if he's got to be back, I think you can you can sort of put your faith in the likes of Van Arnholt and Wamba Saka again. But they do play Huddersfield, so... Oh, God, imagine if they don't keep a clean sheet against Huddersfield. I'm going to be so gutted. (laughs) I wouldn't even be surprised. No, neither would I. But I would say if you have a Palace defender, just hold that a little bit longer because they're coming up against two teams who don't score a lot of goals in Huddersfield and Newcastle and even Bournemouth to an extent. So we're very much still in that part of the season where making too many rash transfers will just lose you points in the long run. Right, and on to the rest of them teams. Liverpool. Interesting. Yeah, Uh, yeah, Liverpool are put here because I'm concerned about these upcoming fixtures. Because it seems like a saga. Not only the Premier League fixtures, but also their Champions League fixtures and whatever other stupid cups they're doing. Yeah. I'm stressed. I'm, I'm finding the situation stressful. Well, I just treat this with the exact same way I treat the likes of Man City. Like, they're a really good team. They can win in the big games. Like, it doesn't really bother me. And I don't think I've... Like, from the games I've seen, I think Salah still looks really good. I think Mane doesn't look as good, but gets decisive contributions, because that's what Mane does. Mm. And Robertson is just consistently brilliant. So... I'm going to be starting Salah and Robertson, the two Liverpool players that I have in every one of these games, without too much concern. Uh, I have seen there being a little little bit of a meltdown in the 
the FPL community on Twitter of just people being like really, really quite aggressively arguing against Salah and that he's like not good value for money and this and that. And I'm just like, man, it's fine if you don't want him. But you don't have to like die on this hill because it's it's not a good look. <laughs> to be coming up with the the strange sort of oh we need to bin Salah because thirteen million is too much this early in the season when he's got like what twenty five points, it just seems all very premature because we know he can he can score freaking four or five goals in the game, and I don't doubt that he can score a hat trick against Spurs if if he's on his on his game. So I'm going to be keeping him. What do you think? Are you, do you think it's crazy to let go? Mm, I don't think it's crazy. Uh, I'm keeping him for the moment, but with a view that I could downgrade him to Mane if I wanted to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the way to do it. Like Him and Robertson are staying in my team basically no matter what at the moment. And I think they're going to probably win the majority of their their tough fixtures that that people are touting as sort of the end of the world. Gomez is five million and he's started all four games so far. And he's been awesome. Um I didn't really notice the man, but uh that seems like a ridiculously cheap price. Yeah. For someone who is consistently starting in Liverpool Premier League lineup. Yeah. I'd just be a little bit worried about it lasting because um, Lovren's out at the moment and while I know he's not particularly rated by a lot of Liverpool fans, I think his spot is one that could well be rotated. Okay, on to Fulham. Fulham, yeah, they have a little bit of an up and down run. Yeah, I don't think these fixtures are particularly nice, but I can definitely see at least either Mitrovic or Scherler scoring in every single one of their next fixtures. So Manchester <laughs> City away, Watford at home, Everton away and Arsenal at home. Like, they could feasibly score in all of those fixtures and I wouldn't be even the tiniest bit surprised. Yeah, and I think Mitrovic has certainly risen in popularity in, in recent weeks. Uh, he's he's the one for me, I think. Uh, Scherler, he had that 11 shots in one game, but... I also don't know if he is actually going to be consistently good. So I kind of want to see a bit more of him first. But yeah, if you're going for Mitrovic, I would not hesitate to play him in any of these games, mm-hmm. particularly Everton and Arsenal, because those are two two teams with relatively shaky looking defences. Oh, actually, as well with Fulham, um, Bettinelli started the last game rather than Fabry. Oh, yeah. Um, Everton, they are... I. I I'm not convinced by Everton personally, but Richarlison is heading down to that sweet 6.5 price tag that he began at. I think he may get there. Is he banned still this week? Yeah, he's got one more game, uh, one more game to serve, and then he'll be back. Uh, Walcott has a rib injury, and it's just the most Walcott thing, isn't it? We kind of touched on this, how Walcott would be a, a risky transfer because of his history of just not doing so well after like <laughs> basically going on a little hot streak and then getting injured or just not not continuing it but um yeah he's he's got a rib injury I think he might be back for the next game I don't know if you've got Walcott I I don't know what I'd do I might keep him <laughs> for a game great advice Dan great well done I, the people's champion see the reason the reason I say that though is just because I'm kind of an advocate for for believing in your boys. Like, when you transfer them in, I feel like you've got to give them more than one week. Uh, but defensively, I think they're a mess. I, You know, if you've got Pickford, I'd be very worried about still having him because he's not even yeah. he's not even getting the save points to justify it. I think there are goalkeepers who make more saves and probably have a better chance at clean sheets. So, yeah, I'd probably steer clear of them defensively. Uh, Wolves, they also look quite okay. You're so hype on Wolves right now. So I'm not really hype on Wolves as a team. I just think they they are very well priced. So Jimenez at 5.5 as a striker, it's about as cheap as a starting striker you're going to get. And he does look good. You have him now, right? Yeah, I have him. Basically, I had to get him on wildcard in order to fit Hazard in. And I think he looks good. And he's got 
Burnley next, Man United after that, Southampton, then Crystal Palace and Watford. They're not the most amazing fixtures, but I think Wolves look fairly decent. They look like they can score. And they also have some very well-priced defenders. Uh, so Johnny at 4.4 is probably the one that compels me the most. Uh, Bennett at 4.0 is one that everyone seems to have been getting in on their wild cards. I have to be honest, I don't really know enough about him to know whether he retains his place long term. But that definitely seems to be the thing that other managers are banking on. Uh, and Bolly also looks good at 4.5 with a goal in the clean sheet so far. Uh, and a final shout out for Rui Patricio, still at 4.5 and looks a very good goalkeeper. The question is, how many clean sheets are Wolves going to keep? I don't know, but in the 4.5 range, he's one of the, the wealth of decent options. Uh, Brighton? Yeah, uh, I'm really happy with how they've started the season. I don't think uh, anyone should be rushing to get any of the players in, but I do think they're worth keeping an eye on. So we've got Southampton away and then Spurs at home, Man City away, which is obviously awful for them. Uh, and then West Ham at home. So if you have a Brighton player, stick with them. Gross missed that penalty the other day. People were upset. But I wouldn't worry about it. But I'm keeping Dunk, obviously, because my boy. Oh, I was so gassed to see him start last game week and then come away with the one point. Yeah, because yes. that was quite a conundrum for you, wasn't it? You really needed him to start. Yeah, and then just got the one. But uh, I couldn't have done any better. Like, I only would have had a two-pointer going instead, so it was really neither here nor there. Murray is the only one I think I'd, if I was, like, just having a laugh, he's the one I'd think about getting in. 6.5, three goals already. I didn't think he'd be good this season, but what did I know? Absolutely nothing, that's what I knew. (laughs) Yeah, he's one of those classic players. You doubt him, and he continues uh, continues to deliver. Yeah, he's a good price. Uh, I'd also like to shout out Knockout because I think he looks very good. So good. He looks very good. He's got that sort of like a direct running threat that that I think you need in the Premier League. And he looks to be adding the numbers to it because I think he's already got a couple of assists this season. So he does look a compelling one, but very much one for when the fixtures clear up. Uh, Southampton... Yeah, I I think Southampton are crap, personally. I really don't buy into them. But I do agree, Ings is a good player. Uh, 5.6 is a good price. He just looks really up for it, basically. He's He's yeah. been out injured for a long time, and he clearly wants to prove himself, which, yeah, looks, looks promising. Yeah, I do think he's going to have a really good season for himself and for Southampton. Like, I think he's going to be their star man hmm. for the season. He's definitely a player they needed because they didn't really have a prolific striker. You mean Gabbiadini is not a prolific striker? Ludicrous suggestion. But yeah, I made it. And McCarthy at 4.5. Yeah, I'm really hyped on... <gasps> so, because I wasn't talking to you um, when the lineup, the England lineup was announced, uh, we didn't, we weren't able to discuss McCarthy's England call-up. Yes, yes. Uh, what, do, do we reckon he might start tomorrow? Because... I reckon he'll... Do, who played on Saturday? Just Pickford. Uh, Pickford, yeah. I reckon there's a 50-50 tomorrow, yeah. Because tomorrow's a friendly as well. It's not... So I reckon Butland starts and then McCarthy does the second half. Oh, man. I want McCarthy to get the full 90. He won't. There's no way. But I'm so gassed for him that he's he's got that because I think he deserves it. Yeah, he does. He's been great since the end of last season. And uh, Bournemouth, yeah, basically, we, we threw these in here because they have some players you already know who are quite good. Uh, Fraser, Ake, Wilson, all good players in good price ranges. Yeah, actually, I'd forgotten about Wilson, to be fair. He is definitely a good option until he gets injured. Yeah, I'm a little bit biased against him because I just don't think he'll be able to ever sustain a goal-scoring run. But he is 6.2, so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, uh, Fraser is the one that I like the most out of these purely because he said in like the first game of the season in the post-batch, he was like, yeah, I've set myself a target for 10 goals this year. And I was like, ooh. It's suspected that Fraser picked up a knock in training, but it's all very TBC. Uh, and the remaining teams are oh, poor guys. Cardiff, Hudders, Newcastle and West Ham. Like, literally don't bother. Newcastle, to be fair to them, I think they have really bad fixtures. Yeah. Um, 
but also I just feel like they're not ready. Yeah. Yes, it is tough to recommend any of those. Even Arnautovic, who I think is fairly good at scoring in most games, I got rid of him because I just don't think I don't think he's offering the best value at that price at the moment. So it's a sad it's a sad time, but we'll see. They may be able to pick it up in the next few games and we might start considering them again. Okay, so we're gonna have a quick little look at Natalie's wildcard team and see if there's any if you have any dilemmas, any little uh, surgeries you need us to surgery. <laughs> Thanks. I don't think I do, to be fair. Do you want me to just tell you what's happening? Yeah, tell me where you're at right now. I'll work from the back forward. So I've got the big guys, Foster and McCarthy, in. Oh, the big guys. Good 4.5 rotation. I'll tell you for why, because they rotate actually very nicely. Hmm. Uh, and that's exactly why. Uh, so who did I... I have no idea who I had before. Alison and Fabianski. Yeah. So I didn't want Fabianski anymore because that was going terribly. And so Cabasele is gone because now Foster is here. But because Alison is gone, Robertson is now in. Okay. So defensively, we've got Robertson, Mendy has stayed, Dunk has stayed, Mia has stayed. So I downgraded Van Aanholt to Wambasaka. Okay. That's my current situation. Okay, so that's solid. Breaking news, Fraser has now gone yellow. Oh, goodness. <laughs> oh, the deterioration. Everyone get rid of him immediately. <laughs> so... In my midfield, still got Salah, as discussed. I now have Hazard. I also now have Madison. And then I have Fraser and Murphy. But I can... I really stupidly got rid of Mkhitaryan because I wasn't thinking. Well, I was thinking. I was thinking too hard. And obviously I've got a very small brain being a female. (laughs) uh, So it just couldn't compute. So I got rid of Mkhitaryan, kept Murphy, kept... Cardiff Murphy. <laughs> the real the real boy you need to keep. Oh my god, the state of this guy. He's injured as well. He's lost value and he's injured. Just get Nathaniel <laughs> Chalabar. He's, he will do you good. Because both Fraser and Murphy are injured, and that seems ridiculous to keep them both, I'll up Fraser to Mkhitaryan and down Murphy to Billing, who is 4.5 yeah. and starts every game. And then up front, we've got Aguero still, um, because I'm too scared to get rid and then we've got Mitrovic and Ings. Yeah, that's all quite a good team. I was kind of hoping there'd be some kind of like thing I could rebel against. Yes, it all sounds good to me. It all sounds like a very solid team. And you've got you've got 15 starters there as well, which I do not have. So Yeah, it's something that's very important to me is to have, oops, is to have um, a whole team of players who actually start. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's do a little preview for the week ahead. And we'll even throw in a clean sheet cup after that, which I believe neither of us got points for last week. No. Because Arsenal, they will do favours for teams who are looking for goals. Uh, So the 12.30 rule, Spurs-Liverpool. I really want to captain Salah for this game. What? No, 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 no. I know, I know. Well, the problem is, the big problem is, is actually that everyone is going to have to have a Saturday captain. Yeah, because there's no options elsewhere. The, the, latest, the latest captain you could have on Saturday is either a Watford, a Watford or Man United player as well, which is just like edgy to the max. I don't like that. Yeah, let's go through the fixtures. So Spurs-Liverpool, uh, 12.30. I think Spurs have a decent record. And I tried to find stats for this, but it's so hard to find like a specific stat for how teams do at 12.30 kickoffs. And right. I, I'm just surprised that like people haven't taken more of a note of that. But mm. as far as I'm aware, Spurs have a good record. Liverpool don't have such a good record. And you can find like quotes from Klopp saying he hates the 12.30 kickoffs. I hate the 12.30 kickoff. No one likes the 12.30 kickoff. Yeah. I, but I, I, do, I do find that some teams seem to favour it. Those teams being specifically Spurs and only Spurs. But I don't know. I think Liverpool are the better team of these two. And I think they're going to win. I think they're going to prove the 12.30 curse is all a load of rubbish. And they're going to lay it to rest. And then next time the 12.30 kickoff rolls around, we'll just be panicking again. Um, But yeah, I am strongly considering a solo captain, even though it'll be over so quickly. Uh, three o'clock, we have Bournemouth, Leicester, Chelsea, Cardiff, Huddersfield Palace, Man City, Fulham, and Newcastle Arsenal. 
Uh, Bournemouth Leicester is the one that burned me on a previous accumulator last year. No, I do think Leicester will win this. Good. Uh, Chelsea Cardiff, it's, I think they'll make it hard for Chelsea. I think they'll kick the hell out of them. They're not the best footballing team, so they, they make it count in the physical <laughs> department. Right. Chelsea will win this. I, I don't think anyone would bet against them. But if they score early, it could well end up being like a 3-4-0. You must consider Neil Etheridge at times like this. The great man. The great man. Mm. He did consider... Uh, consider? He did concede <laughs> three against Arsenal, though. That's true, but um, he tried. Um, Huddersfield Palace... Oh. Have Huddersfield won a game yet this season? So, no, they haven't. They've got two draws. Right, well, Huddersfield will get their first win this season. Oh, no, don't say that, Natalie. Yeah. Oh, I'm starting two Palace defenders. No, and you know Hudders are better at home as well. Uh, okay. I, I might I might revise my lineup. I think I think even if Zaha isn't back, I think they will win this one. And I think Serloth will be the difference. Man City play Fulham and this seems like the kind of game that has high scoring written all over it. I reckon it's a 5-2 with two Mitrovic goals. Oh wow. That's a, that's a nice little uh nice little prediction. Thanks. I don't think Fulham will be able to score that many, but I think they will be able to score. I don't think Fulham will be able to score that many, but I do think Mitrovic will be able to score that many. Right, okay. So you're you're backing your boy to the hilt. How many assists will Mendy get? Ooh, Benjamin Mendy captain option. But I doubt the clean sheet. I did that already this season and you were annoyed. Although I think Aguero could be a good one. I obviously just don't have him. I'm captaining Aguero. Yeah. Yeah, he seems very much the safe pick this week, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Uh, Newcastle, Arsenal. I think Arsenal might win this. I think they'll definitely score. But I think it's also going to be a very hard game for them because Newcastle can defend. And that is one thing Arsenal cannot do. Uh, Watford face Man United in the 5.30 kickoff. What are we saying? Watford win. I reckon it's like a 2-1 Watford win. Yeah, I do fancy them. That, that could be five on the trot, though. That's We're getting mm. into unprecedented territory here for a team like Watford. That is the thing. Like If I had, if I had the money... So I have Jimenez. If I had the money to upgrade him to Dini, I would strongly consider doing it for this game. But I'm not going to. Um, because you can't. Because I can't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> good, I, I need to check. take a hit. So that's crazy. Uh, Wolves Burnley at 1.30 on Sunday. So he's actually the player who's dropped into my bench in order to play a double up of Juan Bissaka and Van Aanholt. Because you have to consider Joe Hart is in goal for Burnley. So no matter how good Burnley suddenly resurged to be, Joe Hart still exists. Yeah, but I'm having this cognitive dissonance where I'm like, I think that Palace's defence and Van Arnholt and Wan-Bissaka, their attacking threat, coupled with that defensive clean sheet potential, is slightly better than Jimenez's goal threat. Because I just haven't seen... Like, I, I think Jimenez looks really good, but I don't think he gets a lot of chances in the game. So okay. that is what has me worried about him. And couple that with the fact that Burnley have had basically a week and a half off, or, mm. or most of the players from Burnley have had a week and a half off. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking they're going to be a lot more prepared for this game. So You'd hope, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not willing to take the risk with Jimenez. I feel like I want to get that, that double up clean sheet potential um Everton versus West Ham is a four o'clock one and ooh, I've never seen anything so unsatisfyingly ooh. looking yeah than this fixture yeah I've got absolutely no interest in it whatsoever it, it kind of has draw written all over it for me mm. like neither team is particularly convincing defensively but both teams can score goals I could actually see West Ham getting their first win here purely because most of Everton's defence is out at the moment. And West Ham, they still really need that win. And they're a little bit unlucky against Wolves not to score at all. So, so yeah, it's it's West Ham for me or a draw. And then we got Monday night, Southampton-Brighton. I think Brighton could be on for a win here. I fancy them. Um, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't call this. It's, it's evenly matched and... 
Uh, my impression of Brighton is just they look to have improved a level this season. Whereas Southampton, I think, look as bad as they did last year. Uh, I don't think that's fair. I don't really? think that's fair to Southampton. Really? Is that fair on, on, on Danny Ings? Well, I think Ings has improved them. But I think as a team overall, they still look quite bad. They just have essentially two players in, in key positions that have improved them in McCarthy and Ings. But yeah, I, I'm not convinced by them at all. Whereas I think Brighton have made good signings and also seem to have improved their style of play from last year. So I'd back them. But this could very well end up being one of those like boring ass Monday, like nil nil until the 85th minute. And then like a bunch of guys get sent off and some action finally happens. Cool. So that's it for the the preview. Any any more for any more? What we got? Clean sheet cut. Oh, God, yeah. I don't uh, remember who went You went first, first last week. Okay, so I'm going to pick... Uh, you know, I have to go with my heart, as always. I have to go with Crystal Palace against Huddersfield. Well, first I thought, right, well, I'll go for Huddersfield then. Oh. That'd be mad. But then I hadn't seen the Chelsea fixture, so yeah, I'm going to go for that. Okay. I think that makes sense. Chelsea against cool. Cardiff. Cool, the cool, smart cool, one. Cool. All right, cool. Um, can I do some some shout-outs for the league? Yeah, boy. I haven't looked at this because I was doing so terribly, so I just didn't look at any leagues last week. Um, yep. So I don't really know what we've going on. I, I don't know who was the top scorer. Uh, Hamish out here with 61 points. I reckon hits you. I reckon you're the guy. What's a hero? Oh, no, Pete Evans with 66. Sauce Pete. Whoops. Good lad. Yeah, proud of you. Well done. Pinky and I De Bruyne. If you I always think that about people in this league. I'm like, do any of them actually listen? Obviously, some people do. Every damn one of them, I tell you. Okay. Um, Andrew McKinnon's still number one. Is he still number one in everyone else's league as well? Uh, I think he's actually dropped out of a few of the top leagues to to number two or three. Oh, wait. Ooh. Oh, no, he's dropped to number eight in one of the other leagues I'm in. But he's still doing very well. He's... Uh, 1,343 in the world right now, which wow. I'd be pretty pleased with that, to be honest. Yeah, shout out to you. It's a very good start. Andrew. But yeah, I, I kind of, <laughs> I'm not doing particularly well. Where are you in the league? In our, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try and find um, myself. Oh, you're 36. Oh, right. I'm I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not been the best start to the season, I will admit. But it's a marathon, not a sprint, Natalie. So we got this. We can we can climb our way up gradually. And I'm uh oh yeah, that's the thing. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Matt Ryan. So I'm gonna have someone playing in the Monday game this week. It's it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to the Premier League coming back. I always freaking hate international breaks. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you'd like to contact us for any reason during the week, you can. You can email us at hello at the Guess who hasn't checked the email? It's me. <laughs> you can get us on Twitter at the Denalysis. Um, we're there. We're mildly responsive. My Twitter notifications on my phone are still wrecked, so sometimes I don't see things. Yeah, but yeah. So follow us there. Um, also, if you're not in our league already, you can join that. There's a link on our Twitter. There'll be a link in the description of this very podcast as well. If you liked the episode, please um, feel free to rate and review and subscribe to it on whatever app you're using. That would be so cool if so you did that. Cool. So cool. Uh, that's all my business, I think. Cool. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Please. Good luck for game week five. Game week five. Yes. Come mm. on, lads. Come on, Salah. I'm going to captain him, I think. I'm going to okay. do it. 12.30, Captain. I'm breaking our own rule. All right. Yeah. Can everyone else just remember not to do that? Don't, <laughs> don't Captain, in the 12.30. Just don't do it. Don't do it. It's crazy. Crazy talk. All right. Good luck, everyone. We shall see you next week. Bye.